0: tonight. How many is thankful for the blood of Jesus? Yeah. Amen. I am thankful for the blood of Jesus, amen, that cleanses me, amen, from all unrighteousness. Praise God. Amen. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1, it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and took them wives of all which they chose. The Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. When the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the th- thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That kind of describes today, doesn't it? Yeah, Amen. And, uh, It repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Then verse 8 says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Praise God. Noah found grace. Do you want to find grace tonight with God? Amen. I want to find that grace of God in my life. God, I need your grace in my life. Hallelujah. Why don't we just lift our hands to the Lord right now and say, God, I need you tonight, God. Oh, we need the help of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I praise you. I worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen. You can be seated. Man, I just want to take a little time here to build a foundation, amen, of what we are talking about tonight. The reason why God gave Noah the instruction to build an ark was for his salvation, amen. And so we will be talking about salvation tonight, amen, preaching about salvation. Salvation is the deliverance from sin. Amen. Salvation literally means deliverance from sin. Amen. That God does not save a person in sin, but God saves a person from sin. Amen. When God saves you from the world, he brings you out of sin. Amen. When God brings you out of the world, he saves you from sin. Amen. When God delivers you from sin, he brings you out of the world. I've said that about three different ways, but God delivers you from that old life that you used to live. Oh, praise God. Amen. Amen. And so uh, it it takes a way of, there is a way of salvation. Everyone say a way of salvation. Amen. And so when there is a way of salvation, we have to know the way. Amen. And Jesus told His disciples in John chapter 14, and I'm just going you'll just have to stick with me for just a little while here tonight. Turn to John, the book of John chapter 14, "Amen, I'm thankful that there is a way of salvation. Amen. And we find that Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 1, He said, "Let not your heart be troubled. How many's ever had your heart troubled before? Amen, something that bothers it. It just it tears you up. That it's Things in life, amen, He has a way sometimes of troubling us. And Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, you know where Jesus went to prepare a place, he went to the cross. The mansions were already there. I said the mansions were already there. He didn't have to do he didn't have to start a building program to build us a mansion. He spoke him into existence. Amen. Oh yeah, heaven was God's plan from the beginning. For his people, it was the garden of Eden. Man had it made on earth and God said okay. You failed, so he said, I'm going to make sure that I have a place for my people to live. Amen. Verse 3 said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and here we go again, the way, you know, that God's going to make a way of salvation. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God, you just don't get the way, you're going to get the truth. And you're not just going to get the truth, amen, but you are going to get the life that the truth brings. Amen. You're going to get life in Christ Jesus. You're going to get abundant life. Amen. You're going to get life everlasting. Oh, praise God. This isn't a new doctrine. This is the doctrine of the word of God. Amen. That when you receive the Holy Ghost, you get life everlasting. Hallelujah. Thank God for that life here tonight. Amen. That when I was filled with the Holy Ghost, and baptized in Jesus' name, that I knew the way, and I know the way, and God showed me the way. God will show you the way of salvation. Amen. When you begin to follow Jesus Christ, amen, there's times that we don't always know the way, but we can find it because in him we live and move and have our means. That's Acts chapter 16, Paul said to him, he said, your own poets, amen, have said that in him we live and move and have our being. My my being in this world is not defined by anything else besides Jesus Christ. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. It's not defined by what I have, what I don't have. It's not defined by my name. It's defined by Jesus Christ. Everything that I am, everything that I hope to be is in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I said it's in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. Amen. And you. He said, you are complete in him. Turn to Colossians chapter 2. Amen. We'll just uh, take a little time and have Bible study here tonight before I preach. Amen. But we find that Colossians chapter 2, I went too far. Amen. That we see that uh, Paul was writing about Christ. And verse 8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you. Amen. I can promise you one thing. Amen. That when you get the Holy Ghost, it's not going to mess you up. Amen. It's going to build you up. Amen. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. He said that we are like a building that is fitly framed together. Amen. Amen. I watched, I watched as a guy, the guys years ago put a, they built on my little dining room that I put on the back of my kitchen, and uh, they, they were very effective, and they were very precise, and they were very methodical, and they were intentional in every move that they made, and you could tell that they had built before because one guy would be measuring Amen. And the other guy would have a tape measure down on the ground. And he would start measuring what that guy was telling him to measure. Amen. And he would be cutting boards. And when he made the cuts, he he was a master craftsman. I watched him. He didn't have to guess as to where that blade was. When he set that skill saw down on that board, he knew where the mark was, and he made one cut. And they were very methodical of putting that building together. And they fitly framed it together. That's how God puts your walk with God together. That's how he puts your life together. God doesn't, amen, say, well, I hope this works. And he's not a, God is not a mad scientist. Amen. how be it when he, the spirit, Jesus said in, in John 16 and 13, he said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, The spirit of truth. Amen. When you get the Holy Ghost, you're not going to get a lying spirit. You're going to get the spirit of truth. It said he will guide you into all truth. (coughs) When the spirit of truth comes, amen, excuse me, when the spirit of truth comes, Hey Amen, you're going to know that God has stepped into your life and has been directing it. Well, praise God. Excuse me. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him, who's him? Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's why there's just one God, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And verse 10 says, and ye, you, are complete in him. You're not complete in anything else. There's nothing. People say, well, I'm married now and I'm complete. You're complete in the sense that God has made you a family. God has made uh, you one just as he has made the church one with him. That's what Ephesians chapter 4 says. Amen. And so we are complete in him which is the head of all principalities and powers. I can tell you that when you receive the Holy Ghost, God will put you together and fitly frame your life together. And when you get done with when God gets done with putting you together, you will know that God has worked miracles, signs and wonders in your walk with God. You'll know that God has stepped into your life and has directed your footsteps. Amen. My Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. How many believe that tonight? Amen. When God orders your steps, amen, you know that God put your life together. I look all through this congregation. While I'm standing here preaching tonight and there is story, account, amen, after story, after story of how God brought you to the church and brought you to truth. Is there an amen here tonight? Amen, how God took your life that was a mess. Amen, and then you look back and at the time all you could see was the problems that were happening. Amen, but once you got the Holy Ghost and once God changed your life, you realize that, man, God was really right there in the middle of all my problems. He was there all through the times where I didn't realize what was going on. God God made a difference in my life. God directed me right to where I need to be here tonight. Well, can you lift your hands and say thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful tonight, oh God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. And so... God told Noah, he said, build an ark, and the ark was his salvation. We find that after Noah obeyed the plan of salvation, that God entered into covenant with him. Amen. Amen. And so when we obey the plan of salvation today, we enter into covenant with God. The covenant, the sign of the covenant at that point, amen, was that the covenant was uh, that God would not destroy the earth by water ever again. Now I cannot imagine so much rain that it covers the mountaintops. It's unfathomable to our, our mind. I, I've seen rain. I've seen rain come down so hard that it looked like somebody had turned a bathtub upside down, a big, huge bathtub, and was just dumping water. But the Bible tells us that the the, the deep places in the earth were broke up by Uh, uh, earthquakes and the fountains of the deep were springing up. There wasn't just rain falling from heaven, but there was water coming up from underneath the earth too. Amen. It it was probably a terrifying situation to be in if you weren't on that ark. Amen. Because when God says that he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Amen, if God tells you that he's going to destroy this earth by fire the second time, he's going to do it. Amen, if he tells you there's going to be 100 pound hailstones that fall after the rapture of the church, he's going to do it. If he tells you in the word of God there's going to be boils from the top of men's heads to the bottom of their feet, he's going to do it. You say, Pastor, are you trying to scare me? No, I'm just telling you, it was the same way in Noah's day. And God told Noah, he said, hey, if you want to be saved, this is what you're going to do to be saved. You're going to build the ark just like I tell you to build it. (laughs) Can you imagine Noah building a boat? And in all likelihood, he had never seen a body of water big enough to float the boat that he was building. Think about that. Think about uh, you, you. Think about a lot of things tonight. I want you to put your, I want you to put your thought, your thought process together here, and think about a boat that is three football fields long. So a football field is is it 100 yards? So that would be 300 feet. And 900, 900 feet would be probably from here to the back of Coles. Now they say that ark in Kentucky. I've never seen it yet. How many have seen it? Anybody in here seen it before? I don't know a few have. Is it a large structure, brother? Is it massive? Hey Amen. You might be able to float it on Lake Cheney if you could get it into the water. But I don't know how you'd ever get something like that into the water. Could you imagine a boat 900 feet long trying to back it into the boat dock? It wouldn't work. They'd be singing that song, It Won't Work. <laughs> and Noah was, you think about this. It's just like Today. We tell people the rapture of the church is getting ready to happen and and they look at us and they say, well, I don't know how that's ever going to happen, preacher, because that's just crazy that people are just going to disappear, that people are just going to go up in in a rapture of the church, a catch it away. That's just unfathomable. Well, that's what they were telling Noah when he was building his salvation. You know what you're doing in obeying the plan of salvation today in repenting and getting baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins and receiving the Holy Ghost? What you're doing is you are building your way of salvation. It's already been taken care of for you, but you're making sure of your calling and your election. You're making sure that what you are doing in living for God is going to get you to heaven. Amen. What I'm preaching to you tonight is just like God told Noah, build the ark. You've got to make sure that your walk with God is built the right way. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. And so Noah started building the ark. And it was very long It was very tall. It was very wide. And where it was built, there was probably no way that it could float on water because there was no water even close to it. And he was building this, and everybody was saying, Oh, you're crazy for even thinking that that's going to save you, Noah. Amen. Because how is that going to save you when there's no place to even float the boat? But when it started to rain and it started the water started to come up from out, from underneath the earth, amen, people realized that this is for real. I want to preach to you tonight for a little while that it's time to enter into a covenant with God and say, okay God I've been feeling this in my spirit, your spirit has been drawing me you've been dealing with me you have found grace in the eyes of God and God is telling you and talking to you and reaching for you tonight uh, that you got to get ready to go. uh, That you can't play around with your soul. uh, You got to make sure of your calling uh, and your election. You got to be ready. This is not a bucket list. Living for God is not something that I just check off My list. Then I've, I've done this now. I'll move on to the next thing. No, living for God, it becomes your life. It becomes everything that you are. It totally consumes you. Mind, soul, and body that no longer am I my own, but I belong to God, that I am a temple of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you tonight that you're not your own, but you are bought with a price. I said you are bought with a price. God said, hey, I'm going to purchase you with my own blood. Amen. You are bought with a price. You are not your own. People say, well, I can do whatever I want. You know, that is the amazing thing about living for God is no one will twist your arm and put you in a hammerlock or put you in a full Nelson and say, "You're going to live for God." No one's going to take a gun and put it to your head and say, "You're going to live for God." No one's going to no, know you're going to serve God because He has called you out of darkness. He said, Hey, whatever your name is, he said, Hey, Brother Jose, come out of that darkness. Hey, Brother Roberts, come out of that darkness. There's a call going out saying, Come on, huh? get out of that old way you used to live huh? and get into the life that I want you to live. Now, turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 talks about baptism. Amen. And the first thing that you have to do to obtain salvation, to build your walk with God, is you have to repent. Repentance from sin is a change or a turning away from the old sinful way that you used to live. Amen. When you repent of your sins, not only do you ask God to forgive you, amen, but you turn from that old life that you used to live. Amen. No longer do I go to the places I used to go that would cause me to sin. Amen, but I I've left that life behind. Amen. Sin is a lifestyle. I'll say it again. Sin is a lifestyle. Amen. Because sin will cause you. Amen. I promise you, the devil's not going to get you to go to church. The devil doesn't want you here listening to the preached word of God. Because he knows that if you hear the word of God preached, uh, is that you'll receive faith in your spirit, uh, amen, to repent of your sins uh, and to be baptized in Jesus' name uh, and to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, 1 Peter chapter 3, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it says here in verse, uh, if we go... Back to verse 18, it says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime... We're disobedient. Now listen to this. It says, When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing. Amen. Can I tell you that that same tarrying or waiting of God is going on right now while the ark or while your salvation is preparing. I mean, he's with me right now. Amen. It's just like if God told Noah, Noah, you build an ark, and he came the next day, Noah would have perished with everybody else. And so he gave Noah a space to get his salvation worked out. He, got, he gave Noah a space to get his salvation in order. And what God is doing in your life is God is giving you the opportunity right now to get your salvation in order, amen, to get your ark if you please, amen, repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, living a holy, separated life. Oh, come on, somebody. We're still an apostolic church. We still believe in holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. It still takes a holy and a separated life, amen, to live for God. You can't serve two masters. You'll hate the one and love the other. You've got to serve God. I said you've got to serve God. Amen. Amen. Amen, when you make the decision to serve God, leave the old life behind. Don't try to hold on to a little bit. Don't try to hold on to a minuscule amount. Don't try to, don't try to keep, amen, something around. I can remember an old man of God standing in this pulpit. Hey amen, Brother Rashel. He said, you know what? Hey amen, don't keep sin in your house just to prove you've got the victory over it. Get rid of it. I said get rid of it. Amen. Get rid of sin out of your heart. Get rid of sin out of your car. Get rid of sin out of your house. Get rid of sin out of your mind. Come on. It takes holy living and separated living to live for God. Amen. We are holy unto God. Amen. 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 You need holiness in your walk with God. You need modesty in living for God. Amen. You need a pure mind in living for God. Amen. I said you need a pure heart in living for God. Amen. You say, well, how do I keep my heart pure? Keep your mind stayed on Jesus. Amen. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little mouth what you say. Amen. Don't cuss anymore. Amen. Don't cuss little uh, uh, slang words anymore. Amen. Don't tell dirty jokes anymore. I'm preaching to you. You got to be holy and separated unto God. When once the like figure were unto even, everyone say, baptism. Yeah, baptism. Well, let's back up to 20. I missed part of 20. When once the long-suffering of God, the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing. It was, that ark was getting ready. It was the salvation but Noah was putting it together. You know what? That's what you have to do in living for God. you got to put your life together. You say, well, I can't do it. That's right. But that's part of the salvation process is repenting. You have to repent. The Holy Ghost. Baptism cleanses us from our sin. The Holy Ghost gives us the power to overcome sin. How many is with me? And it says, while the ark was getting ready of preparing, wherein few... That is, eight souls were saved by what? Water. water. They were saved by water. You said, well, no, the water was killing everything. I know, but that same water that was killing is what caused the boat to float. The displacement. What was displaced? The volume of Dryness within the ship caused it to float. How many is with me right now? Don't, I'm not going to get real technical with you. But the reason why a boat floats is because the water is not in the boat. Is that right? You get too much water in a boat, and the boat will sink. But when you build a boat, and Noah built that boat, and he was putting it together, and the water started coming up from beneath. The thing that God said, hey, you'd pitch it on the outside and the inside, and you make it this long and this wide and this deep. You know why God told him to do it? Because he knew there was going to be some big waves, and he knew that boat needed to set up out of the water. It couldn't be like a tub down in the water where it just barely was just barely clearing the water line. No, that, that boat was setting up on top of everything. You know what happens when you get the Holy Ghost? Hey, man, is the Holy Ghost inside of you. Hey, man, causes all the sin. It, it's displaced. How many just caught what I said right there? When you get the Holy Ghost on the inside, you know what the Holy Ghost does is it displaces all that sin out of your life. When you get baptized in Jesus' name, the blood cleanses you from all those sins. And you know what happens is you rise above all the problems. The very thing that's destroying everybody else, you're up on top of your problem. Hey Amen. You got the victory over your problem. Come on, somebody. It's in the power of the Holy Ghost. I said it's in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not in us, it's in him. In him we live and move and have our being. I hope I'm I hope I'm putting this all together for you in your brains here tonight. Remember. When you stay full of the Holy Ghost, sin can't take up residence. Because the Holy Ghost pushes it out. The like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. The blood of Jesus. You know, there's some things. That we can, it, hey, and I'm going to tell you something about the blood. I'll get there here in a minute. but the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And so when we are cleansed from those unrighteous acts, those unrighteous thoughts, those sinful things and actions that we have done, you know what happens? Uh, amen, is it gives us the ability, amen, to receive the Holy Ghost. It gives us the ability, amen, to live for God. Amen. And while the things that we may have done in the past are horrible, amen, the blood of Jesus has cleansed those sins. Because my Bible says, what does it say? It's not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. You're not taking a bath, you're not getting the dial soap out and making yourself smell better. You know what you're doing? When you get baptized is when you get your sins washed away is the answer of a good conscience. A good conscience. And I can tell you right now that it's not a one-time application. That the blood of Jesus, it'll cleanse you from your sins again and again, and it'll keep you from sin. You know what blood does is the blood, amen, will keep you from sin. It's a barrier. What happens when you cut yourself? You bleed. What is the purpose of that bleeding? What is the purpose of the blood? It's cleansing. It's pushing all those. Oh, that that was a nasty old knife I cut myself with. And the blood immediately starts flowing and it starts pushing out. Well, when you get baptized in Jesus' name, it's not just a one and done that I got baptized. Oh, that that baptism that happened to me, that was just so everybody could see that that's an outward uh, uh, confession of my faith. No! That's a lie. When I get baptized in Jesus' name, everybody might get to see it, but it's not just for people to observe. Amen, there is a a cleansing that is happening on the inside that nobody else can see because the blood of Jesus is cleansing us from our sins. Amen, and the blood is pushing those sins away. It's washing those sins away, and it continues. Amen, my Bible says, amen, that if we confess And forsake our sins, that He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Was He preaching that just to sinners? No, He was preaching it to everybody that was a believer that you get the blood applied and applied again and again and again. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. I said, Thank God for the blood. You say, well, I think I've been baptized. Well, number one, you can't think. You have to know that you've been baptized in water. That means you get plunged clear under. You get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, but Father, Son, and Holy Ghost will not apply the blood. You have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptism as a baby will not cleanse your sins because you have to know what you're doing. Amen. Oh yeah, this isn't something that you get... You you just get done to you. Hey, man, this is something that you say, God, I want you to cleanse me from my sins. God, I need your blood. God, I want your cleansing power. Have you been to Jesus for his cleansing power? And are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed? Amen? have you been baptized? Paul asked him in Acts chapter 19, have you received the Holy Ghost? since you believe. There had to be some thought process. That's why we don't take little bitty babies and baptize them. Because their thought process at that point is mama eating and a dry diaper. That's their their ability to compute. And they're very intelligent. Amen. It doesn't It doesn't negate, but that's the three things that are important to them is just making sure that they're able to live and breathe. But can I tell you something? When we have Jesus Christ, amen, working on the inside, we've got to say, okay, God, I have felt your drawing power. I have heard your word. I will hearken and obey I will, you say, how soon can somebody receive the Holy Ghost? As soon as they know the voice of God. As soon as they know the voice of God. Samuel was laying in the tabernacle and he heard the voice of Eli, his pastor, saying, Samuel, Samuel. And he went to his pastor. And three times, and finally Eli realized God was speaking to Samuel. And he said the next time, he said, you tell the God, that's the Lord speaking to you. You tell him, speak for thy servant here. Can I tell you, young people, something? All you, all of you children, hey, man, when you know that God has convicted you of sin in your life, that's the time to receive the Holy Ghost. That's the time to repent of your sins. At that age, that's, that's the time. These kids, uh, hey, man, they're, they're still depending on mom and dad. They don't know the difference between right and wrong yet like we know the difference of sin. They're living on mom and dad's experience. But as soon as you realize, man, if I don't get the Holy Ghost and I don't get baptized in Jesus' name, I'm not going to get to heaven. Hey, man, my salvation, hey, man, is out of reach. I've got to get right with God. That's the time to get the Holy Ghost. That's the time to get baptized. That's the time to say, yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Don't play games with your salvation. I said, don't play games. Well, I'll wait. I'll wait for another church service. Amen. Everything. Can I tell you something? That ark, when it was finished, God told Noah, he said, you go get in that ark. And while he was in that ark, here come the elephants through town. Here come the lions through town. At that point, nobody was scared of them because they wouldn't eat you yet. Amen, that's right. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Everything was vegetarian until after the flood. Go study it in your Bible. Read it, you'll see it. But here come, here come the monkeys, here come the apes, here come the horses, here come everything that you can imagine. You say, how in the world did they get all them animals on that ship? I don't know, but they did. They didn't get them all on there. They got male and female of the unclean, and then they had, I believe, seven of the clean. Hey, man, they had, they had a male and female two times, two times, two times, and then they had a spare genetic uh, for the gene pool. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? God wanted to make sure that there was a continuation. There are some species indeed that never made it after the flood because they were unclean and there was a male and female. And they may not have made it after the flood. People say, well, that, those, there's animals that they find that they're extinct. I believe that. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Everything that's in existence today is because God wanted it to be in existence. I'm not sure the purpose of a fly, other than they clean up all the roadkill on the side of the road. But you know What? They're here. And God says, you know something? They're going to be on that boat. Get out of here. Everything was on that boat. Can you imagine the smell on that boat? Think about that. But what was going on on the inside of the boat was better than what was going on, on the outside of the boat. They said, hey, it might be a little stinky in here right now, but I thank God I'm saved. You know, there are going to be times in your walk with God that sometimes on the inside of the boat, hey, man, you say, man, I'm so upset, and I'm so this and that. You know what? It could be a whole lot worse if you were on the outside. Hey, man, the worst day in the church living for God is better than the best day in the world living for God. And I'll promise you that it's not always going to be a rough day in living for God. There's going to be a brighter tomorrow. Amen. A weeping may endure for a night. But what joy cometh in the morning? And so there's the promise that if you're going through a test and a trial, hey man, there's going to be joy in the morning. Hey man, the sun's going to shine again. Hey man, it's not going to be dark all the time. Hey man, God is my strength and my refuge. God is my strong and mighty tower. I will run into it and be safe. Some of you are going through some dark times in living for God. Maybe it's not living for God, but you're just going through some dark times in living life. You know what? The morning's coming. The day star will rise in your heart once again. Amen. You know, Pastor Elder, he preached a message one time. He said, You don't understand your health, until you're sick. You don't understand wealth until you're out of money. You don't, and, and wealth has varying degrees. Amen. People come here from foreign countries, amen, and they say, man, we're all rich. And then they realize how much money it costs to live here. And so if you'll just live for God and say, God, I'm going to serve you with all of my heart, all my soul, And all my strength, all the rest of this, hey man, God will add to me. All the rest of this will come together. God will put my life together. You just got to give God some time. Give God time. A lot of times we don't see God's miracles in our lives because we get in a hurry. And we blow on past the miracle. Can I tell you something else in living for God? Is that if you will not only give God time, but put down some roots in living for God. Put down some roots in living for God. You know, this is not the word of God. This isn't even scriptural, really. But an old saying says, a rolling stone never collects any moss. You say, what's that supposed to mean, Pastor? Pastor. That if you just bounce from place to place to place to place to place, you can't put down any roots. You're never going to get any age upon you. You'll just continue to be at a certain level. And it'll seem like everything's just static. Can I tell you something in living for God? It doesn't have to be a static walk with God. Hey Amen. I believe that you can go deep in your walk with God. You can sort of the heights in your walk with God. You can find God in the quiet places. You can find God when God is loud and boisterous right in the middle of a church service. Hey Amen. But you've got to give God some time to put your life together. Hey Amen. You've got to surround yourself with people of like precious faith. Like precious faith. Uh, hey man, don't 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 go from church to church to church to church to church. Uh, hey man, don't go from city to city to city to city. Uh, hey man, get a when God starts building your walk with God, uh, put down some roots. I said, put down buy a house and put down some roots in living for God. Amen. Amen. Every situation's different. Everybody has a story. In a nation that is very transient, I'm talking about our nation. In in the, the 1930s, our nation became very transient because everybody was so poor, they were scrambling to feed themselves. How many knows what happened in the 1930s? It was called the Great Depression. There was no money. There was no work. And so people would hear of work and they would go to where the work was at because they had to to survive. But they knew that that could not be a normal way of living. I hope you hear this, man of God, tonight. I'm trying to give somebody some help here tonight. That if you will do what those, they call that generation that was born out of the Great Depression. They call them the baby boomers. Amen. They call them the greatest generation. Amen. And what caused them to be great is they realized that the thing that caused them, the tenacity that was in their spirit that caused them to go find sustenance, that once they found that job, once they found that place where they could survive, they put down roots. He's I mean, with me right now. I'm, I'm preaching. I'm not screaming and hollering right now, but I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost right now. And if you want to get a walk with God, what you have to do is, you number one, when God leads you and guides you, and you come into the truth, what you have to do at that point is say, "Okay, I have found a man. What is causing uh, uh, the, the sin? Is the problem that is causing me to be?" from place to place to place to place. Uh, Amen. And God's fixing the sin problem. God's filled me with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I've gotten baptized in Jesus' name, and now I'm going to put down some roots in living for God. I'm going to get some stability in my life. I've got to get a foundation in my life. And when you start putting down some roots in living for God, it's not just roots in living for God, but it's roots in your community. It's roots in your church. It's roots of loyalty. It's roots of loyalty to God. It's roots of loyalty to my church that I'm not bouncing from place to place to place to place because that causes instability. We know what it takes to live for God, but when you uproot and move, you cause instability in your. I'm not preaching to one person here tonight. I'm preaching to a whole church full of people. Hey, man, that the devil, hey man, has caused everything in this world to look so grand. You say, how's that, Pastor? You know. I'm on top of the Empire State Building in New York City. He said, Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? I'm talking about the devil has made, amen, everything look so good. And you never see the bad times that anybody's having, do you? You never see the house, the car. My mother-in-law sent me a picture. She'd laugh if she heard me tell about this. But she sent us a picture of a, she drove, she, for one day she got to drive a red Corvette with a mid-engine. Her daughter in Colorado Springs rented it for her off of Toro, I think. Is it it is? Toro, or, Turo, or however you say it. Is that the name of that thing? What's the name of that? Turo. And she had a picture of her sitting in that Corvette for her Mother's Day present. And that's the only thing. you say, man, Polly Knapp, she has a lot of money because she's driving a mid-engine Corvette. But really, in real life, She just has a Toyota Corolla. (laughs) That's not a bad car. But it's certainly not a Corvette. And the devil has made it so tempting saying, oh, look what's over here. Or if you just go over here, there's a better job over here. Or you just do this. Can I tell you something? The Bible says that if the Lord will, we shall do this or that. But otherwise, unless God wills it, I'm not doing it, amen, just because it looks better across the pond or across, amen, the state or across the nation or in a better... Hey, I'm telling you, amen, that when God brought me into the house of God and put me into the middle of the kingdom of God, amen, I started putting down some roots, I started saying, God, I'm going to live for you. Amen. My children are going to live for you. My grandchildren are going to live for you. Hallelujah. When I see her, I go, hallelujah. You say, why do you do that? Because I, I... She's going to put down some roots too. She's going to live for God too. You know what? That's what you got to do. Amen. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing it for a generation down the road. I'm doing it for two generations down the road. I'm doing it for three generations down the road. I'm doing it when I'm dead and gone. Amen. There'll still be a church in Hutchinson, Kansas. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, it'd be a whole lot easier to go and do my own thing. Man, I could go, I could be the best saint in the world. I could go sit on a pew somewhere, and I could be the model saint and never cause my pastor a day's worth of problems. Oh, that's my thinking. But you know what? You know what the Bible says about me, the pastor, the man of God? Woe is me if I preach not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I don't have the option of just saying I'm going to do this my way. I got to say, God, what's your will for my life? And you know what, God? The very first will of God for everybody in here is to repent and to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins uh, and to be filled with the Holy Ghost. uh, And God begins to put your life fitly framed together. uh, Amen. God begins to make your life uh, amen beautiful like you've never seen. uh, Man, I've I've never felt the power of God like this in my life. And all of a sudden God starts to change your life. uh, Amen. Through you, uh, your family will be saved. Through you, uh, the things that are impossible in your family. Amen. God can make a difference and God can make it possible because with God all things are what? Possible. Because if you live for God, your family has the chance to be saved. Ultimately, it's your choice to live for God. I can't make my children live for God. But I'm going to make sure they have the opportunity I'm going to make sure that they see miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm going to make sure that they're around godly people. I'm going to make sure that they go to every church convention that I can get them to. I can't get them to all of them. Amen. But I'm going to take them to the house of God. Amen. I'm bringing them to this church. Amen. Oh, come on. I'm trying to tell someone how to put down some roots in living for God. And I'm trying to finish up here. But like the like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Acts chapter 2, the apostles preached on the day of Pentecost. Peter stood up with the twelve. They were his amen corner. Oh yes, they were his amen corner. Peter standing up with the eleven Verse 14, he lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. I'm praying that everybody in here Starts seeing visions of the kingdom of God, starts dreaming about the kingdom of God. You know what? It's okay to daydream. It's all right, amen, young people, amen, middle aged people, to start having dreams about the kingdom of God because God has given you his spirit and his spirit is visionary. The Holy Ghost is visionary. I want, I want you young people to go on missions trip. I want you to go and see what God's doing in a foreign country. I want you to be part of the revival that's happening, but I also want you to know that God will do the same thing right here in Hutchinson, Kansas, that He'll do anywhere else in the world. I want you to know that God will do the same thing right here, hey man, and heal people of their sickness, heal people of their sin, bring them out of their old way of living, right here. Peter went on to preach. He said, you killed Jesus Christ. And those Jews, they got very convicted. He he called them murderers. He said, you crucified the Lord of glory. And they said, verse 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, And to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Be baptized. Be baptized. And then it says, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Either you're going to get the Holy Ghost before you're baptized or after you're baptized. One way or the other. And when you begin to speak in tongues, let it flow. Don't stop it. That's the Holy Ghost moving in. Amen, the Spirit of God moving into your your spiritual man, taking control of your physical body. (laughs) Amen, and you begin to talk in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Praise God. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. Amen, verse 39, it says, For the promise is unto you. What is the promise? Salvation, the Holy Ghost, baptism in Jesus' name. For the promises unto you, to your children, to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Verse 41 says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, were baptized, and the same day there was added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking bread and in prayers. And so tonight, I want to preach to you at the end of this message is that not only do you have to repent, but you must be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Is there anybody here tonight that you need the Holy Ghost, that you need to be baptized in Jesus' name? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's stand and lift our hands to the Lord and say, God, I need you like never before. This altar's open right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. If you need the Holy Ghost, right now is the time to get the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah, 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 in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Hallelujah. Come on, let's love him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the Holy Ghost is for you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: Down in my soul, just like the Bible said, I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul, just like the Bible says. Well, I've been through the water and I've been baptized, my soul got happy and I'm satisfied. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now Just like the Bible, just like the Bible Just like the Bible says I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul Just like the Bible says i got the Holy Ghost in my soul just like the Bible says. Well, I've been through the water and I've been baptized. My soul, I'm happy and I'm satisfied. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Just like the Bible. Just like the Bible. Just-